Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being here today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here in Pasadena, California. It's a beautiful day. We've had a ton of rain here in Southern Cal, but it's a gorgeous day today, and I'm happy to be with my sisters, Liz and Julie. Liz, what's happening in Santa Monica? Well, not much is happening in my second bedroom, Leanne. It's just, you know, me and uh, my, you know, microphone and laptop. Hooper's hanging out on the bed behind me, but I'm good, ready to go and happy to be talking to you, too. How about you, Jewel? What's going on in Dallas? I am here in Dallas, Texas, safe and strong in my closet, as I have always been. I will say I'm developing a a deep resentment to two of my living room chairs that are kind of letting me down during this quarantine period. (laughs) Okay. But, but we won't speak of that. Okay. We're just, we're going to talk to each other. All right. (laughs) I, you know, Liz, I had that same thing you had last week where I'm just falling asleep earlier and earlier now, which is, it's demoralizing. It's (laughs) no, it's not good. And it it, isn't. And you know what? It also leads to wackier dreams. I was reading about that and uh, I was surprised to read that. I can explain later on. Okay. All right, we are going to be talking about dreams today on Satellite Sisters. Wow, we are really venturing into some territory (laughs) we usually don't cover. Uh, Julie, though, you are bringing us a whole list of Tuesday trends, quarantine style, that you've noticed wandering around your neighborhood, right? Right. I mean, some things that I don't know if we're, we're going to continue to do it or not. I want your opinions. All right. Also this week, just so much grief, so much grief. So on a more serious note, we're going to talk a little bit about the overwhelming grief here in the country and personal observations about it, and then some professional recommendations on how we can get through and maybe cultivate some sort of post-traumatic growth. We're going to talk about that later on. And then, uh, Liz, you're going to talk about loneliness, right? Yeah. You know, that Dr. Vivek Murthy, who was the uh, Surgeon General, he's everywhere now. He's like on every podcast that I listen to. His new book is called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. But he has some interesting observations about what makes people lonely versus what doesn't. Like living alone doesn't necessarily make you lonely. It's Mm. much more complicated than that. Okay. Good to note. And then um, huge, you know, cooking with Liz this week. Uh, So we have some comments for you, Liz. Yeah. Well, this is your, yeah, this is your shot. You know, Tuesdays, it's judges table. So I assume you guys have, you know, like gone into some secret room with scary music and come up with some uh, constructive criticisms. I mean, Liz, we're your sister. We, we, we support you. We want you to eat well and cook a few things. So, yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. and we don't we don't want to do harm, Liz, but we do have some co- comments. For yeah, you. it's notes. We have notes. It's not. I think of myself much as Martha Stewart thinks of herself as a teacher. Oh, <laughs> as a teacher. Okay. Not really. A teacher. <laughs> yeah. Martha always okay. says that. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I was speaking of being a teacher. <laughs> Can we start with Nana Academy? Sure. Uh, because I, I do every week um, since we started all these stay at home. Uh, we do have to recognize all the parents, the caregivers, the grannies, the nanas, the papas out there just doing it every week, working with teachers all over the country, all over the world that are now trying to teach a whole generation online, you know, and they hadn't planned on doing it that way. So, you know, I'm just reminded of it, reminded of it every day as uh, my great, our, my grandson, Peter comes to my house, he's in kindergarten and I'm in charge of Peter, but it is just not normal for kids, you know, and I, I see it with my grandchildren. They just have such a sense of loss you know, a frustration about things that they're not getting to do or can't do or can't figure out how to do 
or you know plans have been postponed. And I've also, Leon, have seen a number of articles about parents reporting on just kind of giving up on the teaching. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've seen those uh, articles online. No, but I, I haven't seen the articles by 100% can uh, relate to that. I, I mean, I've said to several people, thank goodness my kids are out of school. Because by now I just would have said, I think you should watch all 10 seasons of Seinfeld. I think that's <laughs> excellent. I think you're going to learn more about life from that than anything I could teach you. So here's Here's the Netflix password. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, uh, but, and, and I understand that there, you know, many parents are just saying, you know, it's enough to keep our children safe, uh, to keep them healthy, you know, to, and, and not try to stress out about it. I'm trying not to stress out about it. And you know who I go for, to for inspiration, which I find highly unusual, but of course, totally appropriate is our sister, Sheila. Our oh. sister, Sheila is you know, she has, she is a veteran teacher. She's a star teacher. She's a master teacher. She now does her, you know, um, boutique tutoring online. But, you know, if you go, if she, she posts some very inspirational things at her Instagram. And the other day she had, uh, she had one up that just said, you've had a hard week and you've earned free choice time, which I think was for the students, but I took it. <laughs> I thought she was speaking to me that I deserve free choice time, which I thought, well, of course, that's what teachers do. They give children choices and that inspires them and keeps them motivated so that they don't give up. So I decided to uh, to to take a detour from compound words, which we're working on <laughs> over here. And we did a whole unit on rocks. You know, I happen to be married to a geologist, so that was handy. <laughs> so you have a lot of rocks in the house. We do. We actually have <laughs> lots of rocks in our house. So we looked at those. We took a rock hunt, which was, that was good. I, everybody's outside. We're collecting rocks. We classified the rocks then. I thought that was pretty advanced. You know, igneous, yeah. metamorphic. We did that. We got that. And then, you know, after uh, then I actually had a craft because Liz, you and Corny Cole, our former producer, mm -hmm. sent me some great things to do with kids. One was the Skullduggery Eyewitness Fossil Works Casting Kit. Oh. This, is, this is a great thing. So the kids get to actually make fossils. Okay, you cast them, you know, it's a whole crafting thing you do, and then you can paint them. And then there's this excellent explanatory book about that explains about the fossils, where they come from, how you find them. Well, we just we just had such a great free choice time. I might have to do it again. But I, I think, you know, it, it's just I mean, this is really, really hard. And to just have any amount of inspiration, any sort of any kind of, you know, you know, sort of something different to do just really picks up your spirits. Mm -hmm. So I hope that, you know, parents and other people that are teaching just don't give up. Right. That's, you know, just keep your spirits high, keep hope alive and do a craft. I think that that was really, really good for all three grandchildren. Mm -hmm. They really it's very calming and uh, it's very satisfying. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> who knows? calming that's the most important thing <laughs> well it is you lose because you know they're they're really frustrated you know right. they're really it's really hard to like their world is upside down and that to do something reassuring like coloring crafting is a really good thing to do yeah and, and the fact that i built it all around rocks well i just think i'm a genius okay that's it <laughs> that's it for nana camp and nana academy Okay, Thank well, you, it's, Joy. it's funny that you say that, you know, obviously kids are frustrated by not getting to do so many of the things that they want to do, because in my now strolls around parts of my neighborhood that I don't normally see, but I'm like desperate to explore new blocks and see new things happening. Um, I've noticed two main, I'm going to call them corn trends, you know, with a little TM after that. My corn trends are kids finally getting what they want, which is the number one corn trend in my neighborhood, which I kind of saw the beginnings of a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it as I walked around on Saturday, not one, not two, not three, but 
six front yards in my neighborhood have brand new trampolines. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes, Leanne. The, there are, they have brand new, like the big trampolines. You know how I was laughing a couple of weeks ago that my downstairs neighbors got one of those little tramps, yeah. mini, mini yeah. tramps for inside their apartment because they have three little kids. Well, no, these are the maxi trampolines, the front yards uh, or in the front driveway. I couldn't believe it. I noticed one and then two. And there were, there were like six six families six kids at least six kids have finally convinced their parents that now is the time i need a trampoline and i can totally understand the parents point of view like you want to let the kids out of the house but in my neighborhood there aren't a lot of big yards and they've closed all of the parks and everything like real chain link fences police tape all of that so there's no messing around so tramps are the way they're going trampoline is this <laughs> that's pretty funny i just <laughs> hope they fine. don't fall off the tramp which they all do and then you have the trip to the emergency room but what oh, no, julie I... oh, no julie these are all the ones with the netting around them these are all you oh, know they okay. have that safety netting safety so that you don't okay. you don't fall off i mean maybe you, you do anyway but okay your ankle. yeah okay that's good no that's okay that's great. So the so the number one thing that kids always want and now they're getting in my neighborhood trampolines. Number two, of course, it's so obvious, puppies. We have many oh new puppies and I think again the kids just must have been pestering their parents and the parents who now have to be home all day every day anyway unless they're an essential worker must have just thrown up their hands and thought okay well if we're ever going to get a dog now would be the time because now we're all home and we can train the dog and take care of the dog so the family is either in the front yard with the new dog or in the front yard on the trampoline so oh, yeah. So that's it. That's what's happening in my neighborhood in Santa Monica. All right. That's pretty funny, Liz, because I talked to my granddaughter, Josephine, uh, and she told me that she's going to get a dog. That's what. Of course. (laughs) She's working on her parents. I don't know how that's going to work in Brooklyn, but whatever. Okay, whatever. You know, it's funny, Liz, you mentioned trends. Here are some things that I'm noticing um, in Texas. One is, which I think is probably a good idea. I I want your opinion, Liz and Leanne. Fort Worth is setting up trail referees to make sure that people maintain social distance on public paths and trails. Um, which, oh. so, I mean, they are hiring people. Maybe they're, maybe they're, you know, athletic referees that don't have anything to do, but they're going to be out on the trails just to make sure people aren't clumping and, and they really are six feet apart. Good idea. Oh. Bad idea. Well, here they've just closed all the trails. So, you know, in Texas, your trails are still open. So I guess anything that would make the trail, the open trail safer. Yeah. A friend of mine was telling me over the weekend, she was on a trail near her home in Connecticut. And all of a sudden she heard this bullhorn through the woods. And and it was like some police sergeant screaming at her that the trails were closed and she was to get off the trails. Wow. yeah, trail yeah. referees. Okay, mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I these um, we have many um, areas that are closed. They're apparently in Fort Worth, some of them are open. Okay, now this happened to me. So I was on a Zoom call, and someone inquired about my hair and said, "It looks like you've had a haircut." Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I have not had a haircut, but I suspect underground salons are popping up all over the place. <laughs> that I know it's happening because I can just see walking around in my neighborhood. I'm seeing some pretty good heads of hair. I, I see some that are clearly not, you know, they have not found the underground salon. But what about you out in California? Mm-hmm. Are people mm-hmm. getting well, I have to I have to admit uh, uh, my hairdresser came by yesterday. She did not come in the house, but uh I she's just desperate to have me not single process dye my hair. You know, oh. and I'm some roots and you know cuz she is literally a master colorist. I mean, I have a I have good hair color and that is because I have a good hair colorist Trina for 21 years. So there's a product out there that she wanted to get me, but it was sold out everywhere online. So she went to the salon and she dropped some off on my front porch. And she's like, wow. I will FaceTime you through this, Leanne. You can do it. So, uh, but no, I have not, I, you know, I mm-hmm. no haircut. I wouldn't even ask her. I don't want to go there. But my husband saw her. She's like, will she come in and cut my hair? Because I'm <laughs> desperate. He was more desperate than me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had to buy yeah. my husband a comb. You know, I you you know my husband. He doesn't have a lot of hair, but now no. all of a sudden he needs a comb. He hasn't had a comb in like ten years. Well, Leah, I noticed that yesterday in the Facebook group, you posted that very cute picture of you on your front lawn holding up your new book, The Sweeney Sisters, and somebody attempted to bust you on the quality of your hair. Like, right. hey, your hair's looking pretty good, and so you had to explain that the photo was taken before quarantine began. Right. I, before I even thought I would be doing a book tour from my front porch, it was taken in <laughs> December right after I had seen Trina, my excellent hair colorist. So yes, and that is so, so underground work is happening. We don't, I can't say that we improve this. Okay. Next trend that I, I can just predict holiday cards, 2020 are going to feature a lot of uh, zoom screenshots. Okay. Or this is a trend portraits. That's p- porch traits that's a compound wow. word uh where you line up your family on the porch and you can have a, f- a photographer stay a safe distance and take the picture Lynn, okay. your son he could do this but he, he, could, just, <laughs> he could just start taking a lot of he curbside could. photos right <laughs> yeah that won't demoralize him yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be great. Good. He went went from shooting for Nike to shooting people's families on their front porches. Okay. Okay. I I would like a ruling on this, maybe a national referendum. If we give up handshaking, which maybe maybe we will, maybe we won't, could we all just agree on what is going to be our our social greeting? Are Mm -hmm. we gonna wave? Are we gonna do thumbs up? Because I can just anticipate a lot of um, social awkwardness if uh, we're not ha- shaking hands, which we've done for many, many years, and we go to some other form of greeting. Okay. Okay. Really, I-, I feel you could lead this movement. I mean, think of the work you did for Toast. And yes. um, I feel like if you settled on, is it a bow? Is it namaste? <laughs> is it a wave? And you really advocated for the handshaking replacement. You could be the face of the new American greeting. I think. <laughs> okay, Leon. I like okay. that. I'm it's excited. a big. It's a big decision, though, Julie. Like a huge cultural trend like that. But I, I agree with Leon. You could pull it off. You've lived all over the world. You've traveled all, all over the world. You've seen all of the world's greetings. Just pick the best one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll get back to you on that one. I don't. Maybe want you could put, put. Maybe you could assemble a task force. Uh, that's <laughs> very popular. So get yes, like Lizzie are. Post. You know. Yeah. yeah. Get a couple of etiquette experts, and then uh-huh. hey, please get an epidemiologist on your task force. <laughs> okay. Just, I'm I'm very fond of the Thai Y, which uh, uh, or Thai Way, however you want to say it. Uh, I'll I'll, po- I'll post one online. We can take a vote and see what happens. Great. All right. Okay. Okay, I like it. Walking on the correct side of the street. This has got to be a trend, okay? If you're walking, you have to walk facing traffic because otherwise we're getting a lot of clumping, a lot of confusion. We're not, you know, keeping our social distancing. Is this happening in California, people walking on the correct side, facing Uh, traffic? Okay, I'm going to have to disagree with that because here's my challenge in my neighborhood. A lot of the main streets have big, wide bike paths on them. So if you're walking, say you're walking south on the sidewalk and someone's coming north on the sidewalk, the easiest thing is just for one of you to step into the bike path. So I have been doing that. Are you suggesting that if I'm going one side of the street walks north and the other side of the street walks south on the sidewalk? No, are you fa- facing uh, you you walk facing traffic, Liz? Okay. Yes, but I'm talking about on the sidewalk. On the well, if you have a sidewalk, sometimes. Oh, I see. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You have streets with no sidewalk. Yes. I don't know. I I think it is hard. You never know who's going to pull over. Right. You're waiting. You see someone coming from a block away. You don't know. Am I pulling over? Are they pulling over? You're right. There should be some, you know, agreed upon protocol. Okay. And same thing in the grocery stores. One way aisles. I love that. I do see that. Have yeah. you seen that? So no clumping. Yes. No, that's that's excellent. We can. All, I hope that you know stays forever. And finally, uh, forever, <laughs> forever, no. forever. Yes, no more, no more clogging up the uh, the grocery aisles. And then finally, I am having a hard time watching TV shows where actors don't maintain social distancing. For example, like a police, you know, police drama where they show the squad room and they're all bunched in together. It gives me like, a, like I can't watch it. I, uh, 
I don't know. I think Hollywood is going to have to really rethink how they how they make all films, movies in the future where, you know, where social distancing is included, right? It is funny. I'm having the same reaction where you see like all of, all of a sudden they're having a big party and you're like, no. And then you realize, no, that's just real life the way it used to be like last month. And might be some way that way again sometime in the future. We just don't know when, Julie. But yeah, I do have the <gasps> kind of moment. Okay. All right. Ooh, just keep your just trauma. You guys, a lot of. <laughs> yes. I think we're way overthinking it. Yes, yeah, way overthinking right. it. <laughs> I'm out there. I'm looking for trends as best I can. And I'm watching you if you're getting your hair cut. I'm going to know. All right. All right. Uh, just a few things we want to welcome. Lots of new people to the Facebook group. Thank you so much. If you are joining us this week or you're a new listener, we'd love to have you over at the Facebook group. You can just go to Facebook and search the Satellite Sisters. You have to answer a couple of questions. The group is for listeners of the podcast. And uh, just so, you know, we can keep it all together over there. And uh, so many new names and faces. That's great. Thank you. Um, also, I have a book coming out in a couple weeks over at the called the Sweeney Sisters. Uh, it reads like historical fiction now because there's lots of hugging and hand handshaking <laughs> gathering I didn't I don't really write historical fiction but apparently I do um but uh if you want a book plate you you can find the google doc over at the satellite sisters facebook group or at my Leon Dolan author page and you can just fill that out and I can sign a, a book plate for you and it'll be mailed to you totally free and I appreciate everyone who's already pre-ordered the book and wants the book plate because I am literally not doing a book tour i don't know these book plates are kind of a big deal now <laughs> they, were, they were sort of a no big deal item but mm -hmm. they're first of all they're really beautiful I, i've seen the design and they're totally free so i would love to be able to sign thousands of book plates for people but you do have to fill out the google doc so yeah you can find that uh at almost all of our social media sites there's a link to that google doc but facebook for sure yeah, and I also put a link in the show notes. So Great. you can just swipe the cover art, whatever app you use, and it should be right there. Great. Okay, we would like to thank a couple of sponsors for Satellite Sisters, and we really would like to thank these sponsors. Thanks for sticking with us, and thanks to the Satellite Sisterhood for supporting the people that support the show. It makes us possible. It makes it possible for us to continue to do this week in and week out, and we love being here. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea.
We are back. Okay, here's what happened to me this week. I was out doing my patriotic duty, which was, of course, ordering takeout Greek food for dinner. <laughs> right. Good for you, Leah. I mean, that's, that's important. Right. Yes. Support yeah. the small businesses. Good for right. you. So I, I hadn't really left the house the whole week. So that this was a big Saturday night out. I went out to pick up the food. I bring it home. And a couple, like about 10 days ago, we noticed our neighbors had put up a, a flag, an American flag. And so my husband, who's the flag man, you know, his takes mm -hmm. his flag rotation very seriously at our house. He put up our flag, too. He thought, OK, I'm going to do this. And I was driving into the neighborhood and I noticed all these flags had popped up over the last month. And I just got totally overwhelmed. Just really? It overwhelms you at times. Yeah. I drove into our driveway. I saw the flag. It was backlit. It was a beautiful night. I just thought about all those families that have lost, you know, 25,000 individuals have died roughly. And those are all real people with real families and oh, with real lives and real stories to tell. I just got overwhelmed. That's a huge number. And it just, it got me sort of down a path thinking about like national grief and grieving and, and not to mention all the other losses. I mean, people can be very sick and really never go back to the health they had before. We have healthcare workers who've given up seeing their family. There are, you know, work and life milestones that people will never get to do, graduate from high school, go to prom, all these things. This is just an overwhelming amount of grief. And it just hit me all at once with that Greek food in the car, <laughs> seeing all those flags. It really, mm -hmm. really overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. You know, Leanne, uh, me too. I spent a lot of time over Easter weekend thinking about all those victims and their loved ones. You know, Liz and Lee, and we cared for our parents at the end of our lives. Uh, our mother lived with you, Liz, and mm -hmm. Lee and you were in and out of there constantly. And all of this, our siblings were in constant rotation, you know, visiting my mother, caring, caring for her at the end of her life. Mm -hmm. and, and I think about those families that have not had that, that have not that for yeah. those that have succumbed to this virus and for their families, that they haven't had those final moments together. Um, you know, our dad was here in Dallas and uh, I was with him at the end of his life. And I, you know, and I'm very grateful to all the wonderful advice that we got from hospice workers, both here in Dallas and in California about about the meaning of the end of life and mm -hmm. about, you know, what it looks like and what it feels like and how to help the loved ones through that end of life. And to think about, you know, to think about these families not having that or to have it in some strange, weird way on a Zoom call yeah. uh, must be so difficult. And that we had the good, you know, we were able to gather for funerals and that we could seek comfort with, with each other and with our friends and with our family. And that was so important to our grieving process. Uh, so I just really have all those families in our hearts and that, you know, just was really spent a lot of time in prayer thinking about them and looking really forward to a day where as a nation, we can have a national day of mourning uh, and we can, you know, comfort, publicly comfort all these families that have gone through this uh, mm -hmm. with, you know, with our thoughts, with our prayers, with, you know, to to really acknowledge, you know, how terrible their loss was, how difficult their loss was um, and that they're not forgotten. And, you know, until we're through this, they're they're just in our hearts. Right. 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 That is very nice, Julie. Yes, they are. Yes. Well, it sent me down a path of just looking up some articles about grieving and grief again. And uh, and one of the articles I came across in Rolling Stone, which was good, quoted uh, David Kessler, who's one of the world's foremost uh, experts in grief and loss. And he said something in the piece that I thought was applicable, because obviously losing a loved one is the ultimate you know, loss, but there are so many losses happening uh, of various degrees and will be happening for months. And he said, in looking at grief on a spectrum of macro and micro losses, it's not useful to compare your grief to someone else's. I'm a big believer that grief should be a no judgment zone. And one of the questions I've been asked my whole career is which loss is worse? 
And my response is always your loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that is very wise. Very wise. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's tempting to say, oh, it's just a high school prom. You'll get over it. But for the high school senior, that's a really big deal, you know, or graduation or a baptism or, Julie, as you said, a funeral. Boy, that that's just a tough thing not to be able to go through. Mm -hmm. So then I was digging further and I remembered that my college friend Danny had sent a super helpful email to our group of college friends. Uh, She's a psychologist about like things that we can do to get through this. And um, she called it post-traumatic growth, which was a term I had not heard, but that's positive transformation that follows trauma. And that may seem like a big term, but a new study out by the Kaiser Family Foundation found that nearly half of all Americans, 45 percent, feel that the coronavirus has negatively affected their mental health. So mm-hmm. that's a huge percentage on right, a national. Yes. It's probably so it's happening at the same time. too. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So this, you know, nurturing your positivity, positivity is really key to this post-traumatic growth. So Danny sent over like a couple of things that we could actually do to stay positive and not in a Pollyanna way. There's a way that psychologists call tragic optimism. And it's the ability to maintain hope and find meaning in life despite pain, loss and suffering. So maintaining a tragic optimism seems actually like that should be a goal. And here are just a couple of tips from my friend Danny's very helpful email. Uh, Make meaning. Making meaning out of challenging situations gives value to the experience and contributes to what is known as post-traumatic growth. So have I grown or made a positive change as a result of this experience? That's something Mm -hmm. to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. Hopefully it will make us more empathetic to one another. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so too, Julie. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think I think on a national level, we've recognized a lot of people who do jobs that we don't think about probably on a daily basis. And we've raised them to the level of heroes, grocery store workers, delivery people, you know, all kinds of people like that. Yes. Just being supportive of people's making a living and daily jobs. Yeah, I hope that's that's true. But just again, keep it personal. Have I have I grown? Mm -hmm. And another one was really simple. Make movement and create engagement. So, Liz, this made me think of you because you said last week your body was just really stiff and tight. Right? Yes, yes. And exactly. that's that's a natural physical reaction, according to uh, these notes my friend Danny sent. When we're overwhelmed by fear, our bodies can become shut down or immobilized. So in order to feel empowered and be able to face our challenges, it's important to stay mobilized and keep the body moving. So daily exercise is important, but particularly I know you hate the word mindfulness practices like yoga, <laughs> yoga, tai chi, qigong, and dance classes are helpful because they combine moving and mindfulness by encouraging us to stay focused and be in the present. Mm. All right. So, Liz, I know you're okay. not a yoga fan. Could be the time. Or tai chi, I kind of see you doing. Like, okay. give it I, a I could see you. That it would go well in your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> well, here's right what I... your kitchen window. Do a little tai chi. <laughs> It is interesting to see what people's exercise practices are outside. Now that everyone is just doing them outside their house or in their driveway or on the sidewalk or something, things that people used to do in the gym. Now they're, I don't know if it's the same in your neighborhood, they're like, tying things to trees and swinging from the trees, or there is a lot of Qigong, Tai Chi, (laughs) a lot of martial arts with which I'm unfamiliar, but people have like fake fake swords and they're going through the motions. What I adopted this week is I sort of revitalized my stretching routine. And because it was a little rainy here in Los Angeles, I'm turning on my fire at night my, my yoga mat, I, do, I don't do yoga, but I do own a yoga mat. So the yoga mat's in front of the fireplace, and then I just lay in front of the nice warm fire and do my stretching routine. And I have actually... It's very positive, Liz. Good yeah, for you. Yeah. 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 I've actually liked that. Um, All right. You know, so you have to do that. And then mm-hmm. one last one. Did you have something, Liz? Did you want no, to... No. Go ahead. And then one last one, Julie, it made me think of you <laughs> again, because you have children in the house, you have a larger family pod than Liz or I. So yeah. uh, create engagement. And that's the comp- the combination of rhythm and connection 
So that's singing together, dancing together, drumming or playing music together, playing games, cooking, Mm -hmm. storytelling. Those are all great ways that you're able to move in rhythm with others and feel the connection. And it's it's super elemental. It's back and forth. There's a lot of eye contact and it helps people feel safe and present, a little bit of joy. And then you actually know, like on a cellular level, you're in this together. So oh, I know I we're like, like we're like the that. you know musical. I can't sing or play an instrument, <laughs> but I'm not going to let it stop me, Leanne. Okay, yeah. I there's there's no stopping me now. All right, yeah, just put on that that satellite sisters dancing in your living room playlist, and the kids are there. Just do some dancing. That yeah. would be it. <laughs> I have yet to be able to engage my husband in any of those activities, but. <laughs> We, we do seem to connect walking the dog. That's about okay. it. All right. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, you know, yeah. Well, you know, last week we were also talking about living alone versus living with other people, you know, and I was joking about how I really prefer to be alone, but, but even during this phase, but right now I just would love someone to give me like a neck and shoulder massage. That's the one thing I really need. I don't need to emotionally engage with anyone, but a nice neck and shoulder massage would be good. But I, Cannot do that. But I have been hearing on a lot of my favorite podcasts from um, Dr. Vivek Murthy. Have you heard him interviewed lately? He was the Surgeon General, and now he has a new book out called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. Have you heard this guy? He was on Katie Couric's podcast. He was on 10% Happier. And he has talked a lot about how a lot of our physical ailments and medical issues are, you know, at the root of them is sort of a a deep loneliness that really does affect us medically more than we know. And so he feels like the pandemic before the coronavirus pandemic was really a pandemic of loneliness. And, but he, he said, lonely doesn't really have anything to do with being alone. It's about, it's about the quality of your relations with other people. And I think that's one thing we can all see now. I mean, you can have someone in the other room, but you can still feel pretty lonely sitting and trying to do what you want to do, or you can feel just distracted and sad. Uh, So it has nothing to do with the number of people in your pod. And he said, it's really how you feel about your relationships with other people and how you feel about your relationship to yourself that really determines whether or not you are engaged with the world, uh, whether you are lonely or not. And, you know, and so, so much of this sounded familiar because we, I feel like we invented this pretty much because we, because <laughs> we did Liz. Yes. I mean, I remember 20 years ago when we launched satellite sisters, we always said that the most important sense any of us have is our sense of connection and that being someone's sister or friend or neighbor or partner is what gives our lives meaning. So I think I wrote that in the book, though, our first book. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you did. I think. Yeah. And so, and he was just talking about that, that obviously now it's a little bit harder to do that, but maybe we will appreciate it even more. And he made one point, I think it was when he was talking to Katie Couric, he said, one gift you could really give people right now is the gift of your full attention. So that even if you're just calling them for five minutes, you're not scrolling through your social media. You're not also looking online at anything. You're not like at work, also trying to multitask, just uh, to just call someone, talk to them and give them your full attention is like a major way to create engagement, but also cure any lonely feelings you would be having or that your friend would be having. So I thought that was a really good piece of advice. The gift. That is. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. And speaking of what's going on in your head, one last thing. Apparently the weird dreams are running rampant. (laughs) Thank goodness. I'm having weird dreams. Yes. Are you really? Yes. Yeah. 
Well, there was a story in the New York Times today that um, that the Google queries, why am I having weird dreams lately? It's more than quadrupled since the uh, <laughs> coronavirus began. Everyone thinks they're, they're, they alone are having all these weird, vivid dreams. And one thing that was interesting in the story is that if you sleep more, you tend to have longer and more vibrant dreams, you know, and that's why, Leanne, when you said you're going to bed earlier, yeah, because you're dreaming during a certain phase of your REM sleep. So theoretically, if you're having more REM sleep, then you might be having wackier dreams. I feel like I'm spending longer in bed, but not exactly sleeping. You know, oh, my sleep yeah, is so... That- yeah, it's so restless. Anyway, so the experts in the article say that this kind of stress, that your brain turns things like metaphoric things into real things, or it, it like visualizes what your fears are. So right now people are having what this expert said, a ton of bug dreams. In oh. other words, In other words, the virus that's on your mind in your dream is being turned into an actual bug. So so you having any of those, any bug dreams? I feel like I'm like a bat in my dreams. Uh, And they also, the experts also said that people who are confined, this is really not good. People who are confined tend to dream about food, food, food. (laughs) (laughs) Which should not be healthy. And they dream about escape. But the good news is that you can do what they call dream incubation. So as you're falling asleep, sisters, you focus on a category. They suggested something like flying and they and you visualize flying as you go to sleep. And then you are planting that thought in your brain. And you might it's not a sure thing, but you might actually have more relaxing dreams if you incubate a thought as you're falling to sleep. So I was thinking what I really want to dream about is sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't know how to do that. But those were just a few of the suggestions they had. But you are not alone. We're all having the weird dreams. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just... I'm going to put that photo of Brad Pitt next to my bed. That seems like a good idea. I, as opposed to last night, I dreamt I was being married off to a cult leader. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Oh, that's not good. No, Liz, it is not. It is not. Right, when we come back, we have cooking with Liz. I mean, the breakout hit of the season there on um, Facebook. Uh, but first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors for sticking with Satellite Sisters and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair is really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E. 
pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Okay. Well, here we are. It is time for the judges table uh, for Cooking with Liz. So, Leon and Julie, this is where you get to weigh in on my performance over the weekend. But I'm going to do a little bit of a self-review first, if that's okay. You guys cool with that? Sure, Liz. Sure, Liz. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let, uh, let's start with what the goal of cooking with Liz was. And it was that once I realized I was going to be spending more time in my home, I thought I could pick up a few kitchen skills and maybe add a few good staples to my, my repertoire. I don't cook a lot. And when I do, it's usually just for me. So cooking for one is really a different thing than cooking to have people over. So that was the original idea. And it was just, you know, I thought I was going to have a little fun. So I'll confess right now, if I had known that it was going to be the breakout hit of the quarantine season, I would have given (laughs) it a better name than cooking with Liz. I'm starting to regret that I didn't come up with a snappier name, but that's okay. Now it's caught on. That's the brand. I'm sticking with the brand cooking with Liz. Uh, so this season's assignment was to cook cook a meal entire, entirely from what I already had uh, in the house uh, because Mayor Garcetti here in LA has asked us to really limit even going to the grocery store if we possibly can. So what could I cook that would uh, that I already had on hand? So in episode one, I gave you a tour of uh, what I had in the fridge and in my pantry. Uh, Episode two, we started to go through the actual menu reveal. And then episode three, I made, we had decided on a frittata people. And again, I want to thank Diane for supplying the frittata pan, Mm -hmm. Amy for sending in the frittata recipe that I used, and Catherine for making the suggestion about the diced salad that I made. So anyway, so I feel like I feel like I did okay. There are there are a few things I would have done better. I mean, again, how many times am I going to learn the seasoning lesson? Oh, I was oh. so mad at myself. The salt and pepper. Why did I forget the salt and pepper at the end? So uh, like that. And also I would say I should have known from Edna Dolan. I mean, anything that can be finished in advance should be finished in advance. Thank and I felt like I felt like if you look at the Sunday finale – what's labeled the frittata finale is that the side dish could have been totally finished before Uh I took the frittata out of the oven. And I know that now. I know that now. But I've learned that lesson. That's a good learning lesson, Liz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's why on Top Chef, when you watch them at the end, right before their plates go out, they're really attending to the little things then, just the seasoning. They got the tweezers with you the You were doing big things right at the end. <laughs> I was. I was. So that would be my main lesson. And then the one other thing that I feel like I said at the end of season three, but I kind of blew it in season four, is less of the back of my head on camera because it looked <laughs> terrible in the finale. Like, what was my hair doing back there? That was just like a rat's nest back there so i'm going to have to figure that it's both a camera angle issue and a personal grooming issue that i'm going if i get renewed for season five and of course that's all up to you guys if i get renewed for season five again i just have to deal with the back of my head so there you go that is um that's pretty much my self-review on the final episode I did talk about the other things I learned about the cooking equipment and the definition of the various egg dishes, which I did not know, like the difference between a frittata and a strata and a quiche and a crustless quiche. But that's already on the episode, so I will not review that. So that is my self-review, judges. So now you can just weigh in. Okay. in after you. All right. Well, I was there. You know, I was happy to be part of this episode. I drove out uh, from my home in Pasadena. I stood outside Liz's window for an hour and then I drove home. So it was meaningful. (laughs) Um, But ironically, Liz, uh, we had wanted to give you putting together a three course meal to see how you actually, you know, did flavor building and that kind of thing and worked under pressure to actually get a meal out to company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then we backed off that challenge because of the directive not to go to the grocery store but you ended up doing that yourself. So kudos to you. And I can vouch, Julie, that the pressure of actually being live on camera was a pretty good simulation of what it's like to get a meal out for, you know, eight people if you invited them over for brunch. Or even just a couple of super hungry people that are lurking around in your kitchen, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Okay. All right. 
you you actually I felt like you stretched yourself. I think the things that were successful, you planned a good menu. That quiche was good. It was unexpected that it had sweet potato in it. And you frittata. managed not- it was a frittata, not a quiche. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The frittata. Um, it, it was, oh, see, it now was, she's a real smarty pants about egg, egg dishes. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, so, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, anyway, you, you did, you did plan a good menu. Um, the, you made a critical call in not adding the smoked salmon to mm. the frittata. That would have been a disaster because, you know, like the number one rule on Top Chef is no fish and cheese combined. That's disgusting. Oh, so, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, that okay. would have been too much. You rightly, I, you know, at the end, you pulled the salmon out. You served it separately. You made a nice side sauce for that. So thank goodness, because that would have been just too much, too rich, a terrible combination. Uh-huh. And then you served a salad. The You know, the salad could have really been done better but that's okay like the flavors worked Liz and that's uh-huh. the important thing okay so that plate you showed me was a really beautiful plate of food you know it looked like a festive Easter brunch you did it you pulled it off could you uh one thing about seasoning it's not just at the end like you can season your food all along so you should have seasoned the vegetables before you added the eggs. Like each component of a dish should be seasoned separately so that they all work together. So mm-hmm. just tossing salt on at the end would have helped a little because there was zero salt in that am i correct you put no salt in that oh no there was i seasoned when it was when i was cooking them in the pan in Uh, the frittata pan but maybe not enough for your palate yeah no not enough you needed more yeah and then so that that's it and the same with the salad like you could have done that ahead of time it should have been pre-dressed the salad could have been more elegantly cut that's fine. And then same with the salmon. You could have done that ahead of time. I would have opened that up a little bit, made it look better. But the point is, Liz, you pulled it off. Everything tasted good and you made a really good brunch. So if you can just drill down and nail those elements, you can keep serving that over and over for the rest of it. <laughs> okay. Happy All right. All right. Well, I, I agree with Leanne. The recipe was a winner, Liz. And I, like Leanne said, I was so happy you didn't go down the goat cheese, smoked salmon rabbit hole that you were toying with in episodes one and two. I mean, you came pretty close to combining those two. Um, yeah. There was a lot of, there were a lot of, you, know, you were getting a lot of comments like, don't do it, Liz, don't do it. And you didn't. I go, <laughs> I loved, loved the pure joy on your face when you pulled that frittata out. I mean, I could almost see your thought bubble. Like, oh my God, this actually looks good. Right? Okay. Yes. When it slid out of that frittata pan, no one was more surprised than me. I'll okay. tell you that. Okay. But Liz, the fork work was outrageous. That <laughs> yeah. po- you were jabbing at that frittata like it was a live animal. Okay. <laughs> you were jabbing the poor eggs and cream. You were just stabbing it and stabbing it and stabbing it. Okay. So that was a little much. And then speaking of live animals, was that a badger that was rummaging in your silverware drawer? <laughs> I mean, it was the noise was so loud. It was certainly larger than a squirrel. So I assumed <laughs> it had to be like a badger or some kind. I mean, I don't know. That's the pressure of being live, Julie. That's the pressure of being live. Why I was just grabbing for knives and forks in there. It's a very well-organized silverware drawer. I but, know. I've been but, in your yeah. silverware drawer. That's why I figured there must be a badger in there, too, because <laughs> she's making a racket. Okay. Yeah, that, that could have been streamlined. The, that could have been out ahead of time. And mm-hmm. a you know, napkin service. Yeah, you, the, you might have wanted to get all your utensils yeah. in place. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. But these are live and learn things. Liz. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is all about the learning. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so trying to I, learn. I would have loved to see the frittata slide in slow-mo and reverse uh, on the episode, Liz, because it was a thing of beauty. Okay. And you better thank the satellite sisterhood that they reminded you to put the goat cheese on there. Okay. I know. Yeah. That was the funniest thing when you're doing it live and you're getting the comments from everybody that's watching. They were screaming at me about the salt and pepper and screaming at me about the feta. And so I saw the one, but not the other. But thank you, live audience. You really saved the day there. Yes. I did gasp with despair when I saw you shake and then pour the salad dressing on your plated salad. You were just doing such a good job there, Liz. Mm -hmm. 
but I think you've learned from that. You know, you could do that. The flavors would have been a little better if you had like mixed it up ahead of time. That's yep. okay. Yep. Uh, your guest was sheer delight. Uh, that's what I'm going <laughs> to say about this week's guest. No one was more surprised than me. I was because you two didn't tell me about that. I was like, whoa, it's Leon in a cute hat in the window. Yes, the Easter bonnet was adorable, Leon. Yes. Adorable. And, and, well, I, I was happy to be there. I mean, for, it killed two hours. I mean, that was a drive out, stood there for an hour and then drove home. So that was great. <laughs> Yes. And and Liz, I took the leftovers. I mean, that, those were big portions. Yes. But, um, mm-hmm. I was happy to have the leftovers. And you know what? They all tasted great the next morning, like all together. Like that uh-huh. was good breakfast the next morning because the salad had had, you know, got some dressing on it and some mm-hmm. seasoning. And, yeah. So there <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. Without a doubt, given given all the fine work you, you did, we we are renewing you for season five. Yeah. And. Yay! And now here is your challenge. Um, we okay. would like you to recreate a dish you've had before at oh. some restaurant, at some friend's house, some oh. memorable dish that you've okay. had before. So we'll Ooh, just leave it open. We'll very... leave it open-ended like that, so we uh, so yeah. that you know we don't you don't create any shopping troubles for you. Just a great dish you've had before. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that. So, so yeah. All right. So uh, thank you. Thank you for season five. I'm so excited. And this actually sounds easier than what I did in season four. Yeah. yeah, It's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's doing it all live. That just adds to the excitement of it. But that's why, like when you see people running around like crazy in that top chef kitchen, I get it now. You just go crazy. You go crazy. Well, just get the badger out of the silverware drawer. You'll be all set for next season. (laughs) Okay, so here's my schedule then for season five. Now that I've been renewed for season five, on Thursday at noon Pacific time, um, we'll do the season premiere and that will be the menu reveal. Okay, that's what I'll do. I'll let you know on Thursday what I'm going to make. And then Saturday at noon, there will be episode two and it will be, you know, some mise en place. I think we've established that or some, some prep. And then Sunday at noon, I will have the final presentation. How about that? So you got Thursday noon, Saturday noon, Sunday noon. Who knows what I, what I could do, but okay. And with each season, I am gaining confidence. So uh, thank you, sisters, for your support and for renewing me. I feel like everything I've made so far, I can add to my uh, permanent repertoire. Yes. Yes. You very exciting. You should definitely make that frittata again. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just don't, just don't open the oven and never, ever stack. <laughs> eggs <laughs> i mean when I, I couldn't see that because i was behind the curtain oh, so when God. i actually watched the playback i was like she did not <laughs> it was like murder Oof. For uh, murder. Yeah, okay like, so go ahead the the best the best cooks in the world they write down all the timing like if you watch Ina Garden, she writes down everything she should do on the back of an envelope, just yeah. like her mom did. So yeah. that's also just a good trick that yeah. that helps keep you on on track. The work back, the work, the yeah. Edna Dolan work back. Yeah, yeah, Edna Dolan's work back would start like four days ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, well, four. well, yeah. have, you know, it's a good system. People it do it. It works. That's why she was. She could feed. Works. Feed, yeah. Uh, all right. I want I wanted to just make one entertaining sister's recommendation. Um, nothing has delighted me more than seeing animals retake the human world uh, during <laughs> during this stay at home thing. I love seeing the videos of goats, you know, herds of goats uh, in mountain towns. I like, you know, bears just wandering down the street in Yosemite. I like the moose in your backyard. I just I love seeing it I, i've always been fascinated particularly by urban wildlife you know i have I've talked a lot about it on satellite sisters you like have. Every, once, every once in a while in our urban life when oh a wild animal shows up i love that i like that uh that cognitive dissonance so um but i also wanted to have some relaxation so i started i listened this week to a fantastic audiobook called the hidden world of the fox by mm-hmm. Adele Brand. She is a British mammal ecologist and she has loved foxes her whole life. Now, I have loved foxes since I saw that 
Disney animated Robin Hood and they had that sexy fox as well. And I was like eight. So that was inappropriate. And I couldn't name it, but I was like, that's a sexy Robin Hood. And so, and I, I just love Fox stories. About 10 years ago, I saw a story in National Geographic, how certain areas of Russia, they were domesticating foxes like dogs and like that sent me down a whole path of wanting to have a fox. And I think we discussed that on the show at the time. Yeah. Yes, I remember yeah. you discussing that. Yeah, so Liz, this, and Julie, this is a delightful book. The audiobook's only five hours, so it basically was five dog walks, where I would take the dog for a walk and listen to the lovely British narrator read to me about foxes, and I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed that this week. But there are a lot of fox facts in the book. First uh-huh. of all, I did not know this. Do you know what the name of a female fox is? No. It is Vixen. Really? Yes. That's where that word comes from. Isn't that? I I just didn't know I that. I had no idea. I thought they were just foxes. Yeah. I no. mean, if I ever go to a cocktail party again, I'm going to mention that later. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Julie, wait. This is even bigger for you. Because this oh, okay. okay. Because she goes, you know, the foxes are part of the dog family, right? And yeah. uh, do you know where the dog family originated? Like in history, in, in ecological history? Do you know where they originated? No. 50,000 years ago, they, the dogs are a North American species. So yay for us. That's good. They did not. That's where they originated in North America. They were born out of like super humid forested land. Dogs, Julie, are from Texas. That is where dogs are from. 50,000 years ago. Leanne, Texas. that is mind blowing. My <laughs> mind is blown. Okay. I am, I am on the floor in my closet. So that you're, you're going to be very popular at the cocktail party when you start. I am going to show that. Okay. Did you know dogs are from Texas? That's just I couldn't believe it. And then, uh, and then one more fox fact that maybe Liz and Julie, you've traveled a lot more to London than I have. There are foxes in London all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've never seen, seen a fox. fox. Well, yeah, they have all like those in the parks. parks. Yes. Yes. They have yeah. all those gorgeous parks with a lot you know, of like wild, ungroomed areas. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're scrappy people. They're adaptable. You know what the fox can do? The fox will eat anything, she kept saying. She, he, he's not, he or she, the vixens, they're not particular about their diet. Sure, they'll eat pizza. They'll eat rats. They don't care. <laughs> Other animals are picky, but not the fox. <laughs> you know they said how the original foxes got to London from the countryside? They got on the trains. They actually like, got on trains. Well, there's no, some, really? It's a long it's walk. Hard. It's a long walk from the countryside. There, Good to populist. take public transportation. Yeah. yeah. So hey, okay. I can't wait for this movie then. When all the foxes get on the trains and go into the big city, that's a good movie. Where is that animated film list? That when I found out there were foxes all over London, that they they live in people's sheds or they live in back alleys. Like the fox can live anywhere; they don't care. Like I was like, well, why isn't that a series? I'd like to see the foxes of London. So uh, I love this book, and if you like foxes or just want a book about the natural world that will remind you like this is where we came from we're all in this together we got to get through it together or to give just a role model for adaptability and scrappiness it's the fox so uh we have a link in the show notes to order from bookshop.org but the name of the book is the hidden world of the fox by adele brand i loved it Okay, Julie, maybe once you finish, um, like, setting the new American greeting, (laughs) next you could work on getting the fox added to the flag of Texas, the state flag of Texas. Okay. (laughs) Always trying to brand, aren't you? Just can't help yourself. Okay. I think it's a good one. (laughs) All right. That is our show for this week. Uh, Big thanks to Sergio Enriquez, who's been working with us from his place and connecting us and then making the show sound great. Thank you, Sergio. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're healthy. Sisters, do you have anything on your to-do list? Uh, This is Julie, and I, at my next Earn Free Choice time, I'm going to do a unit on foxes, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joel, yeah, she has cute pictures of foxes all over her website. She's a whole okay. fox section. I mean, foxes are adorable. Okay. I, I think book the book is being ordered. I'm doing this. Yeah, actually, start with the Walt Disney uh, movie Robin Hood <laughs> with the fox. I don't think I can watch it now that you, I know that you thought he was uh, the the fox was sexy. That's, He's sexy. It's a little hinky for me. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, my my to-do list. You know what I don't understand? All the people that are posting about how they didn't take a shower today or that kind of stuff. I like I'm I there have been several days when I've taken several showers. I'm right. so shower is my number one thing. And also I gotta say, the people, all of the women that are saying they're enjoying not wearing a bra, I'm not in that category. I enjoy mm-hmm. the comfort that I get from my third love. So I'm taking showers, I'm wearing my bra, but one thing I have not done since the quarantine began was um vacuum. <laughs> so oh. I think I I think today is the day that I'm finally going to have to uh, vacuum my apartment. So it's a proud of you, Liz. That's good work. That's, uh, that's hopeful. That's <laughs> yes, it is. It's hopeful that maybe someday someone will come in my apartment. Yes, that's, that's it. That's what I'm Just thinking. Put Bring that out into the universe. Positive. Very positive. Very positive. Well, I, I'm going to be, I'm working on putting the final touches to what will become a virtual book tour. I'll let people know. Uh, my book comes out in a couple weeks, but we're doing some plans. So that's sort of figuring out things, but I will announce that. So that's on my to-do list this week is just celebrating the books, finding joy when I can and keeping people safe and healthy is also important. So all those things are going to happen this week. Uh, I'll figure it all out and I'll let people know. So that's so exciting. It's so exciting, Liam. All right, everyone. Uh, Sisters, have a great week. You too, Liam. You too, Liam. Uh, And don't forget, call your satellite sister.